What's going on, y'all? Back at y'all again with another episode this week. Another spectac. You laugh, of course. We got uh, Walt on the mic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is Jay. And we are, of course, the I'm Right and Jay's Wrong podcast. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, welcome back, man. Another week, another week. Yes, sir. Yeah, man. How, how you been? How your week been? It's been productive, I'll say. So far as what we talked about, like how I was fasting and doing the whole intermittent thing. I'm making a little unwise decision right now, having me old cold one, but everything is cool in moderation, in my opinion. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's what's up, man. That's what's up. I probably need to do. I told you I've been been doing the training for the uh, yeah. the, the half a marathon, man. And ah, on another note, not to cut you off. Yeah, I called the school uh-huh. and I take the uh, what is it called the the test to see if you can uh, enroll. Ah, all right, <laughs> so you, all right. yeah, so I'm kind, yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm getting there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what's up. That's what's up, man. And look, that's the that's it, right? We got to keep moving. We got to keep moving in the right direction. Definitely, you know, set a, set a goal and move towards it. It don't matter if it's small, you know. Or if it's big steps, yeah, small steps, whatever, just step. Yeah, and never get you know complacent. I like got. I, I'm you. I'm I'm setting up for this half a marathon for next year, and man, so so for the listeners who don't know, you know, I'm I'm pushing 300 pounds, so running a half a marathon ain't ain't really on one really on my bucket list, <laughs> but uh, but you know it's something I want to do, something I want to push myself so. So I got to drop to about two thirty, and um, so I got I got a long way to go. I'm at two eighty eight now, so I'm I'm pushing it, man, pushing it. But my knees they they swelling up on me. Yeah, man, you gotta be careful though. Yeah, I was I was out there the other day, and uh, you know I was doing my little jogging or whatever, and then I and then I got out there wanted to push it a little bit, and my knees been swollen, so so I got to figure out like how to gotta walk. Until you, yeah. uh, I guess, come down a few. That's what I did. I told you um, I had lost a lot of weight and I injured myself, and it yeah it came back. So definitely be careful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm yeah I'm 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 gonna get there, man. I'm gonna get there. I'm two I'm two eighty eight as of this podcast. So you know this this gonna be another thing to hold me accountable. Hopefully by the time next week shoot around, maybe I'll be at like two eighty. You know. So I can keep just you know keep it moving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel just you. A consistent grind, man. Just That's a consistent grind. Yeah. So what we getting into this week? What yeah, we talking about? What we man. talking about? So so this is what happened, right? We had that awesome podcast last week, and we was talking about the race race discussion, and and the podcast ended, man, and we went on for about another hour. I swear, I swear, we really we, did, man. We was we we just kept we really going, did. just kept going, because it's so much, it's it's so much there, right? Yeah. So so I wanted to continue um, with a, the race discussion. So what I what I wanted to do though um, is. I wanted to talk about it from the standpoint of, you know, I'm a father, you're a father. Yeah. And there's a lot of fathers out there. You know, there's a lot of parents out there, mothers, fathers, and they're looking at this, you know, our current situation in this country. And they're trying to figure out, like, 
how do I tell it to my kids? You know, because you want you don't want to sugarcoat nothing. You want to keep it real. You want to keep it a hundred. But at the same time, you still gotta live in this country. You still gotta gotta you know abide by the rules and whatever. So so I, I want to come at it from a standpoint like, have you? First off, just to give you know some context, um, how old? How, how many kids? How old your kids? I only have one. He's ten. Okay, okay. So I got four, right? My oldest is twenty three, and then I got a twelve year old, a ten year old, and then three year old, right? So so I'm having basically three different conversations, right? Right. So. But what what kind of conversations do you have with your son regarding races whole? I guess, I guess you know what because everybody talks about the conversation about dealing with the police. But did have you have you had that conversation as far so as, far as what racism or like cops or yeah, like specifically the, with the dealing with the police. Yeah, I mean, I talked to him about it. Um, but I told him about the police uh, was that, well, I'm going to be honest with you. I told him never get in the car with the police. Um, I told him um, he has to be responsible in ways that police would have been, in my opinion, in the past. I wouldn't prefer him to rely on the police to come for, come to a solution for him. Mm. In certain instances. Now, if he witnessed a loved one or something, you know, horrible happen and someone gets killed, you know, he's not a street dude. You you go through the proper channels, you call the authorities and things like that. But I'm just saying like on the the next, you know, you get older and you and your wife or your girlfriend get into an altercation Mm -hmm. and it's just verbal. Mm -hmm. You try to come to um, a conclusion without it uh, being... Domestic, that way you can avoid certain things, right. because that escal- like even if someone calls them, the situation could be a lot calmer. But I don't know. A lot of cops, they don't de-escalate situations. I don't know what their thing is, but they are very. Um, they don't de-escalate. They come into certain situations with aggression, where I feel as though that had they approached it from a different perspective it would have de-escalated the whole entire situation. So if you're in a situation with your significant other, you guys are arguing, whatever the case may be, and she calls the cops out of fear and things like that, then, you know, it's nothing you, I would just, you know, suggest that you be as calm as possible because, I mean, when they pull up, they automatically assume what I've seen, not all cops, but a lot of what I've seen, yeah. a lot of cops assume the worst case. And I mean, I get it. They cops, they, their, their job is to respond to, um, you know, the worst case scenario, but I just feel like a lot of scenarios could have been prevented had they, I guess, been trained or whatever the case may be on de-escalation. Yeah, yeah. So, so if I'm hearing you right, basically you're saying take do as much as possible to take the police out, out of the equation. Out of the equation. No matter what the situation is, I mean, obviously there's, there's that's what I was saying. Now, yeah. you, you at home, someone break into your house, 
you know, your kid get kidnapped, like things right. like that, right. that requires, you're not a investigator. You're not going to, you know, right. I'm just saying like, if it's like a domestic dispute or it's not even domestic, just an argument. Some people call the police, some people don't. But if you could find a way that you guys can hash it out without involving the police, yeah, that would be great. Yeah. 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 That's, I mean, <laughs> I think that's great advice. Um, I, I would definitely um, agree to that, and t- and tell my kids the same thing. Like if you if you can deal with the situation, deal with it, you know. Um, but if you're in a situation where where the police pull you over, yeah, that's yeah. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, that's it's scary. Yeah. It's, it's downright scary right now because it just is. I mean, we've seen the scenarios like live. Like yeah. recorded. Right, right. At Wendy's. Like when people are saying like yeah. I'm not I'm not refusing anything. Right. And they still somehow end up dead or hurt really bad or like something crazy happened. Yeah. Yeah, I you know, I remember um it was probably about ten years ago now and uh I was in the car. My wife was my wife was in school and I had my three boys with me and we was driving and we went to, we went to her school. We was waiting for, for her to come out and we had hit this certain neighborhood and I saw the, you know, I saw the police when I hit the neighborhood. Um, it was two, it was two guys, you know, two police officers on a motorcycle. Mm-hmm. No biggie. I saw them, you know, I know they saw me and you know, we went, we went to the school and did what we needed to do. We, I pull up. Um, I'm in the parking lot, and my ten and twelve, my ten and twelve year old. You know, they 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 little at the time. They two three years old or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so I let them get out the car, and you know, we running around. Next thing you know, um, I had four squad cars pull up. Yeah, along with the two the two cops on the motorcycles and you know, they, <laughs> so they came around, it was a little bushes. So they, 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 um, they came around by the bushes kind of, uh, had a, had a little meeting with each other to kind of see how they was going to approach the situation. Right. But I could see them and I'm, you know, I'm outside the car playing with my, my little kids. Now my, now, now the oldest, he's in the car. Right. And so he's observing the situation. So I told him while he's in the car, I said, hey, look, you see what's going on. Keep your composure. You know, watch me. This is this is how you deal with the police. Right. And so they come in after they talked or whatever. They come in two two cars come in. Now, now, look, I am parked. I am not even in the car and I'm playing with my two kids who are at the time, probably like two, three, maybe four years old running around. So these two squad cars, like I said, it was four of them. So, so two of them stayed out. The other two come in like screeching, you know, doing all that. Right. And, and, and blocks in my car. Wow. Right. Yeah. Come out. They they come out, jump out the car, 
and they're like, what you doing here? Do all this, right? Now, I don't already told my oldest. I'm like, look, unfortunately, I done been through this several times. So I know the deal. Right. So when I saw them, I already pulled out, like when I was talking to him, I already pulled out my driver's license. license yeah. Already pulled out the insurance card. So I already had all of that stuff. Even though you weren't driving? Even though I'm not driving, right? I'm, I'm outside of the car, not even in the driver's seat. Like I'm outside of the car playing with my kids. Right. And so I told him, I said, look, man, this is this this is how you gotta deal with it. Just just watch me. So they they asked me that, you know, they go, they do their little rundown, asked me for my driver's license, registration, which I went on and gave to them. Right. You know, I mean, they they were questioning me like, yo, what like why are you here? Like, what do you mean why, why am I'm I here? here? Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. You know, and and I'm not gonna lie. The, the questioning was extremely irritating. But I went on, you know, gave them the information. Who Who is this? And what, what, do, you, what do you think? I'm, I'm kidnapping kids or something like Right. Amber so, alert. <laughs> right. Right. It's crazy. So they did all that, you know, took down my information. You know, everything, everything squeaky clean, everything come they, back. You know, they ran for warrants. You know, they, they ran background, for you know, they do that all the time. Ran it for everything. I mean, they, they had to be running my info for probably about five, five minutes or so. And so they they running it for everything. Everything comes back squeaky clean. And then one of the one of the officers comes. Uh, oh, well, you know, there's been some break ins and, and the person got a car <laughs> like yours. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, and and I bet he's outside of school playing with his kids too. So, you know, so I didn't have to. So my oldest, he's had some. He's seen how I interacted with with the police. Right. And this was before like Trayvon Martin and all of that. So right. once once that started coming up, we started having those conversations. Like, hey. Do you remember that interaction? Do you remember how I dealt with it? Do you know why I dealt with it the way I dealt with it? Because no matter what the situation is, at the end of the day, we got to get home. Yeah. You know, and it's sad that we got to have those, that conversation with the kid, with with our kids. But I'm looking at my ten year, my ten year old, my twelve year old now, who. They were there, but they don't remember what happened. Oh, okay. You know? And so now I'm talking to them like, hey, you know. And and, and it's funny because they they kind of look at it like, well, if I'm doing the right thing, then why is the police going to be questioning me? Why, why this? Why that? And it's like. You know, I, I had to have a talk with my 12-year-old and just sit back and say, hey, you know, at the end of the day, um, you may be put in a situation where you just got to go with the flow and do what you need to do to make sure nothing happens. And unfortunately, there's so many examples. You know, you just cut on the news, and just about every month there's a new example of, you know, if if you cross the if you cross the police, you know what what could happen, 
if you're, you know, if you're African American. So it's just so so. I know I went on, but do you even do you even worry about that? Like with your with your with your son? Yeah, I mean, when it comes to relationship or interacting with police or just regular other people in general, that's not his ethnicity. I tell him, well, he already knows about uh, like racism and a lot of stuff that goes on. He's very into uh, it. He pays attention to that a lot because he's asked me a lot of different questions about it. But I, I shared scenarios with him, like how you did with your son. Like I was telling him about one time when I was younger, back at home in D.C., how a cop smacked me, and I was like 12. Mm. And I didn't even, I was like walking to Union Station to go to the movies. Wow. And, you know, you from D.C., you know where Union Station, it was me and like four of my friends. We cut across the field where the high school was, and the police mm. came up on the track where the track team runs. And came up there was like, what are y'all doing? <laughs> and I was like, what are we doing? We're going to the movies. And like, since I guess I responded first, she smacked me. Mm. But, you know, I told him to be aware of the things that you saw or you may face. And I also told him, like, you know, you got to be cool and, you know, calm. Don't be hostile. But to in reality, like, you can be cool and calm and still... It still turns out horribly. So I just told him, yeah. go off of, know that these type of things exist, but go off of your personal experience as well. Yeah. Like you're going to figure it out on your own because I'm not going to always be there with you. You'll be able to tell how certain people feel about you, like mm-hmm. through personal experience. So always use your best judgment. So far as like when you're on your own or you're out doing your own thing and it's, you know, you just, as you grow. So, I mean, you, you're going to always have to factor in your personal experiences. Like prime example, and I'm not like the buddy, buddy cop guy, but I mean, I got, I mean, a spade is spade. Um, this was maybe about a year or two ago. I was driving from um, Concord Mills. I haven't been there so long. And it's like when you leave, it didn't you you didn't usually have to like stop and wait until the light turned green, but they added a sign because of this horrible accident and I had no idea. Apparently like a young kid died and a mom and something like that. So they implemented a traffic sign or something where everybody had to wait. I ran it apparently, but not knowing I ran it. So by the time I got like almost to the highway, whoop whoop, pull up behind me, I was like, oh, I already was anticipating this being like a horrible Scenario, yeah, and the guy was like, "Yeah, man, you know, uh, why you uh run a light?" In my mind, I'm like, "I didn't run a light. I don't even know what you're talking about." And he was like, "I don't know if you didn't see it or not, sir, but um, it they implemented a stop sign or a red light where you cannot turn. Period. You have to wait till it turns green." I was like, "Sir, to be honest with you, I had no idea. I can't, it's been a while since I came here." He was actually cool, man. Dude was like, um. Licensed, he kind of like glanced at it mm-hmm. and he ran me. But he was like, Yo, man, um, you good, you know, just go ahead and go home, man. Um, he said, But I noticed you didn't have your registration sticker. Where's your registration sticker? I was like, Oh, shit, like I ain't got my registration sticker. 
And he was like, yo, I was like, hold on. And I looked in the glove department. I said, I'm just getting my sticker. Like I said, everything verbally. I was like, I'm reaching for my. So I open it and my dumb ass, they never take it off the, uh, the, the, the paper yeah. to put it on my plate. Yeah. And he was like, yo, hand it here. And he put it on the joint. You know what I'm saying? He put it on the tag and he got in his car. He was like, yo, have a good day. Yeah. So that's what's up. That's a per I can't so that's why like to this day I can't say like all cops are dicks. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. it's far and few in between, but I can't look at all cops and be like, yo, you trying to kill me. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? I I, I would even go out on a limb and say that it's not far and few in between. But well, I'm only speaking but, through but, personal experience. Yeah, but what, but what we see, <laughs> yeah, what, what, you know, well, you're not going to see the positive things though, yeah, right? Exactly. Media is not into exactly. promoting positivity. Exactly. They they want exactly. you to you know they want you to see the horrible things that happen for sure. So, so the ones that, the ones that we do see, you know, they 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 don't have our best interests at heart. But you know, I I as as you was talking, I was thinking. Um, because you you live in a is it is it fair to say that you live in a diverse yeah community? where I live now yeah you're very diverse all right so so do you think that helps yes with your with the interaction yes okay and why like what makes that different than being in in well, in, in the hood or you know in in the suburbs. In this, in okay, the, so I'll yeah. say it from this perspective: if that's only beneficial for anybody, in that opinion, in my opinion, in that scenario, right? So if you grow up in the hood or whatever, like whatever you want to label it, mm-hmm. um, the poorest communities, whatever, um, you're it's true. But the only nine times out of ten, the only narrative that you get living in those type of circumstances is um, that. All white people are evil, um, don't fool with them, and things like that. When you're in a nine times out of ten, if you're living in like a upper upper scale suburban, never really outside of a bubble of the people that's, you know, your initiative. If you're always around your own, you don't get to engage. You don't get so it's everything is foreign to you. So when you actually do come and connect with someone that you're just you have no idea. Of this, then you like your your judgment. You like let me let me stay away from this person. Yeah, because all the superb suburban kids saw was what they label as thugs and game bangers, mm-hmm. and um, people who rob and all that stuff. But you know the kids always see the slavery and the KKK. So mm-hmm. to me, in my opinion, diversity is good, especially with uh, interacting. You learn you learn other things. You learn that. All people don't think a certain way, regardless of influences. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, no. It, I mean, you know, I know from my experience and and seeing seeing people in school, um, some of the most diverse people that I know are like like you know military kids. Oh and, yeah, and I think part of that is because. Okay. They they done been to everywhere, yeah, everywhere. You know? I always was like them. That had to have been dope, but to them that lived through it, they like, oh, we moving to where we going now? Yeah, yeah. But I always wanted to be like, yeah, we going to Tokyo. Yeah, we going to Europe. Yeah, we are going to you know what right, I'm saying. So that was right. yeah. I understand that. I, mean, I mean, from the, from the outside in, it's like, oh, you get to travel, you get to do this, you get to do that, and mm-hmm. and and maybe as a kid, it's probably ain't the ain't the greatest. It's thing. Horrible. 
because you know you you fifth grader, you just want to go to sixth grade with your friends, and next thing you know, you, you go to a whole another country, a whole another yeah, you know. But at the same time, when you see those kids in high school and college, you know, and 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 they're not afraid to go to school abroad, they're not afraid to to be in any culture because you know they've had those those experiences. You know, our 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 most of our lives is is in a bubble. Yeah. And so if you never get out of the place where you grew up, and it don't matter if you grew up in the hood, it don't matter if you grew up in the suburb, it don't matter yeah. if you grew up in the country, but if you never get out of that place, then the world will shock you because you're going to go, you, you may see stuff on TV and then you're going to find that th- what you see on TV does not accurately reflect. For example, you may see stuff on TV and all you see is white cops killing, killing, uh, killing individuals, killing African-Americans. And then your first interaction with a white cop may be him fixing your flat tire. You know what I'm saying? Or maybe him putting the sticker on your car that you forgot to put on. Yeah, word. You know? he did it, though. Well, no, actually, that dude was a brother, but okay, yeah, he was a brother. But I'm just saying in general, though. And and I mean, look, and another thing that you you mentioned, um, so remind me because I want to come back to that um, uh, about white and uh, African American uh, police, but but uh, your bub your 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 bubble your circle is important, and you got to realize that whatever whatever your circle is, like it's a small circle. There, there are other things out there um, that, you know, that, that we don't experience. You know, when I grew up in D.C., um, honestly, I don't know. Did you, you, you went, like, did you go get to go to the White House and the Monument? and and uh, I think I went to the Monument once in elementary school. Maybe once or twice. I did. I've never been to the White House. Yeah, see, I used I, to. I never been to the White House. We we used to go probably every year to the to the Monument, White House. I mean, Smithsonian field yeah, trips all Smithsonian. the time. Smithsonian. I used to love the Air and Space Museum. Yeah, uh, Air and Space. I don't think that I went there more than anything. Hey, that was a real. You know, when you got older, that was a real cheap date back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know Air and Space get, was everything. Hey, you get on a metro. You know what I'm saying? Nice, nice little walk down the mall. So yeah, but anyway, yeah, yeah. um, uh, but you know, so so growing up in D.C. is funny because I had all that stuff in my back pocket, but I took a lot of it for granted. And but the one thing I did, one thing I did notice, and the one one thing that was impactful is that every time I would go, because I stayed down the, at the mall, stayed down in Smithsonian, you know, it's like the Smithsonian, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because, I mean, when you ain't had no money back then, you know, and with the malls being free. Free, everything, that's, yeah, free. Yeah, so when you, you know, when you wanted something to do and you ain't had no money, that's what you did. So, but you could, <laughs> you could go down there and you could see all these different cultures coming together. You know, coming to 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 experience DC, and I don't know. For me, I kind of took it for granted. Now I go back and I'm like, man, I wish, I I wish I would have soaked it up a little more than I did. But 
you know, that's that's part of being a kid. You know, like with the military kids, you you go to this country and that country, and you 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 probably miss some stuff. But at the end of the day, it's still carving you and still making you a better person. And and you, I think, I think when you're well traveled and well rounded, which which I'm not, so I can't I can't claim to be well traveled. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I think when you are, then it it kind of gives you you know the ability to 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 connect with other other people and be open minded. You know, yeah, diversity is cool and all that, but you know, you live and you learn. That's my you know, you live and you learn. Personal experience and you move accordingly. Now look, you said you said um back to the police officer cuz um I wanted to ask you what do you think about like African American police officers? Like like if I if I I couldn't do it, but I mean I don't think less of them. Like do you think that's needed? Do you think do you it think is. more is needed or Absolutely. less is needed or what? I think they should um I don't know, the, uh, I guess I say the nuances of it all, but I do think that mm. they should have people from that community police that and patrol that community. Mm. Because if you, like, it, it goes back to what I literally just said. If you have a police officer or a group or uh, certain cops patrolling the suburban area, so let's just say you have um, 20 cops. And out of those 20 cops, 15 of them are f- from the suburban, grew up in the suburban environment, grew up around nothing but their own bubble, and they're not accustomed to other things. Mm-hmm. Out of those 20, 15, all gets located to patrol the rural ci- the, 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 the cities, the, the, the hoods, if you will. Yeah the, yeah, yeah, the hood. So that's why their approach is, what the hell are you doing? Like they 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 don't it's a disconnect. They don't yeah. know anything about these people. So they assume the worst all the time. They know they know they know what they've been taught or what they've right. heard. Or what they they, they, they watch uh New Jack City, so they know that <laughs> they watch Boys in the Hood, Hood so they Boys know, all that they stuff, all man. They, they know they, the news. It could yeah. be in the side you know, anything like you grow up with parents or relatives that are like wicked and you know it's just i think when it comes to cops uh africans in america should definitely um it should just be more diverse if you i'm not saying have all you know africans mm-hmm. in america like patrol just the city area i'm saying like make it to where the majority of the people that do are more familiar with them yeah. Because the disconnect is show it just shows. Yeah, and and you know what I think I think that's a key point because if 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 I'm an officer, right, and I see a dude who reminds me of my brother, I'm gonna I'm gonna approach him differently than if I see a dude who just reminds me of some criminal. You know, right? Because I'm I'm gonna come off defensive because you also got to think like like their job is hard. You know, yeah. they they they're sitting there and they they are thinking, hey, this situation could I can end up dying. I can end up dying. That's what I'm saying. It's, right. It's, on top of that, you got the the suburban cop, mm-hmm. and you got the city 
man or woman. Yeah. They come. You got this, the city man or woman saying, oh, hell, I might end up getting killed. You got the suburban <laughs> cop saying, right. oh, hell, I might end up getting killed. Right. Complete disconnect. Right. We both say we're both thinking the same thing, thinking the same thing, right or wrong. Right. You know, we're both. Yeah. You know, what's interesting and this has always bothered me. I'm not. I, I remember I was in high school and I was going to work um, and my my father, we were we went to the bank to get some money out the ATM. Bowling. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I'm playing. Yeah. But now nah, we we go to the bank to get some money out of the ATM and this is, you know, maybe 97, 96, somewhere around there. And so he 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 trying to get some money out of ATM, but the seatbelt kind of stuck, right? Oh, so, okay. Yeah, yeah. So he takes off his seatbelt, reaches through the window, gets the money out of the ATM, no problem, right? Pulls off, forgets to put his seatbelt on. Wow. So there was a police officer. No way. There was a police officer sitting right there at the mall. <laughs> like it, it was a, it was a shopping center across from the mall. He's sitting there right there at the shopping center. Right? Follow us out. We made a left, made a left. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Cut cut the lights on, right? So I'm looking at my father. I'm in the passenger seat. Okay, I'm a high school student. I'm in the passenger seat. He's taking me to work. There was a white police officer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't remember if he was state trooper or what, but it was it was a white police officer. He comes to the to the driver's side window, calm, cool, collected, talking to my father, no problem, right? Mm-hmm. Same time, he had a partner, black. Uh, African American female comes to the passenger side. This is the first time I had a gun pulled on me. She pulls out the gun, and I'm not even paying attention. I'm looking at my father, right, right, as they're having a the conversation. She pulls out her gun, points it at me in the because I'm in the passenger seat. Put your hand on the dash. Put your hand on the dash. Extra, right, right, <laughs> and. Like like they they're engaged in the conversation. Then my then my father turns around. And he's like, "Hold up, you ain't gonna treat him like no criminal. Like what what are, what are you doing?" So um, now I did I did have a book bag. I did have a book bag because I was coming from school. I was about to say, okay, student though, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now and and but that always stuck with me. Now my, now my father he was like, "Look." Go ahead, put your hand, you know. But he he stood up for me and was like, "Man, don't treat him like no criminal. Don't don't do you that." You know what bothers me a lot? What, what what about cops is that it really does. It bothers me a whole lot. Um, I don't I don't like how they don't speak up. Like in that scenario, mm-hmm. the the African American lady who had been. A little bit too over the top, you know. You you know you in the car with your dad, and your dad and the the white cop are having a very calm, productive conversation. It's going well. No one is being hostile. No one is you know right. not rating out of pocket. Right. At that point, like, I, cops should be. He should be like partner or whatever her name was. Calm down. Like yeah. it's, it's not that element of cops pointing out other cops' wrongdoing. Right. That needs to stop. 
Right. That that's that's the point. Like that's what I'm getting yeah. at. Like yeah. when you when the officer know for a fact that they're a partner or not even necessarily a partner, they come to a scene and they see the situation and they see the allegedly criminal or whatever however they uh, view the scenario that's currently going on, mm-hmm. if they see the person that is being accused of a crime being calm, cool and collective Collect in in the other, I guess, cop or the ones that are being kind of like hostile. They should intervene mm-hmm. and and stop it because you have you can't always be the aggressive. Like a yeah. lot of things can turn around for the better. Like a lot of things can. It don't always have to be a horrible scenario. Yeah. Like 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 the uh, what's my man George Flo- Like when the guy was kneeling on his neck, like. He had other officers there. Yeah. No one said anything. Yeah. The dude said, Ma, he called for his mother. Like, mm-hmm. come on, man. Like, everyone, you they had to have seen that and been like. Well, I, I, I did hear, I did hear recently that there was one officer who, who was questioning, you know, like, should we let him up? And. So so the so the so then the question becomes okay if it, how far does that go? Well, you know because let, let's say let's say you are the new the the newbie, right? And I'm I'm on yeah, somebody, I know where you're going. You know what I'm saying? I'm on somebody's neck, and you know I'm I'm the man. I'm I'm the guy, mm-hmm. and you're 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 the rookie. You're the newbie. Hey. You think we should let him up? Right. Shut up, rookie. Shut up. Yeah. <laughs> Shut up, rook. <laughs> Matter of fact, I'm about to put more pressure on him just because you said yeah. that. You know, and, and I mean, I don't know, man. I just think the standard of of police, they should. I just think they should be held to a really high standard. Um, so but, far, but but how? Okay. So far as like engagement, yeah. listen, I get it. I'm saying like. If you're going into a scenario and you don't know, like you're you're at someone's door and you're saying police open up, mm-hmm. I get coming into that situation like that. I get coming into certain situations where you got to come in extreme because you just don't know. Yeah. But what I'm saying is once this scenario happens and it starts to happen and you start seeing that this person isn't what I thought, this, this isn't a hostile person, this isn't a hostile right. guy or woman, Right. Then you kind of dial it back and, right. you know, go from there. I'm not saying be nonchalant about everything. Please, that's not what I'm saying. Please don't get it messed up mm-hmm. because I get it. Their, uh, their job is to respond to dangerous situations. I get that. But I'm just saying, like, once you apprehend someone or you have control of the situation, why not relax? Why not, like, have a civil conversation and go from there. Like I've seen several scenarios where like <laughs> the 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 so-called I guess criminal was like, Sir, I'm not yelling. And they'll say, Stop yelling. And they're like, Sir, I'm not <laughs> yelling. Like and they're like, I'm I'm telling you one more time. If you yell, you're going so mm-hmm. you know, I'm just talking I'm speaking like for those type of scenarios. Yeah. But, Look, I've I've seen scenarios where you could almost understand the the um, 
I don't want to say criminal or the person the, the person you, of you, being you accused. Could, you could understand, like, if the situation went south, you would understand. Like I saw I saw a situation where there was a Caucasian guy and he got a gun in the middle of the street. And they're sitting there calmly trying to ask him to put the gun down. <laughs> yeah, that's not. And, yeah, and and you would understand this dude is pointing the gun. Like you would understand. That makes sense. It makes sense. That's justifiable. But then you look <laughs> you at, justified it. But then you look at the situation that happened in Atlanta and at that Wendy's, and you're like, hold up, main man is running away, away. Yeah. Okay, he took a taser. But this taser is not a lethal weapon. Like, it ain't going to kill me. And he missed. And I'm going to put him down. And it makes you think, like, okay, if main man was a Caucasian, would that have happened? You know, that same question came to my mind when um that that kid shot up the church. D- and then, and then when they the, took uh, him to Burger King or something, King? right? I was like, "What right. the fuck?" Like, I don't know right. what. I don't listen. All I know is I seen that same dude that shot and killed eight. They at church, y'all. They at somewhere where they're at peace, right? They're praying. They're and, and welcome him in. in. He sat in there with them. Yeah, yeah. Come on, man. And then like they took him to. And and and, and yeah, man, and, that's and, crazy. Here's, here's your here's your lunch for that. And it, and it's like that's crazy. So, it, when you start looking at the situations, you start realizing it ain't the situation. You can't you can't blame it on the situation. You can't say, "Oh, well, this is a dangerous situation." That's what I was saying. It's that, it's so weird. I saw. I don't know, man. It's so. I it just, goes back to something I brought up in the last one when we when we were talking about like the Constitution. Oh yeah. And how, oh, yeah, that's how true. subconsciously we are depicted as animals, like we're not even fully human. So, so the so the means to in the situation is justified. justified. Yeah, justified. Because it, it, so what? You okay? You just slaughtered an animal. That's what I'm saying. Like, how does this not come up in 2020? Like, in all the political <laughs> nonsense that goes it on. It don't come up because <laughs> because they're smart enough not to bring it up, and we're dumb enough to get to 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 chase other carrots that ain't going to solve the situ ain't going to solve the problem. Like, like we we're, we're we're sitting up here doing things that are is not going to solve the problem because the the problem is inherent. It's 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 it is is deeper than the training. The the training that the police officers get starts in elementary school. It's it start it starts yeah. when they're watching the news. Yes, that's what I'm saying. You know, it's so, what all they see. Right, right. So it ain't it ain't about okay when they get to the academy because when they get to the mm-hmm. academy, they're they have already created in their minds what it's going to be like certain environments, certain situations. Like they've already had that Fact. ingrained in them through childhood, through cartoons, through, you know, what I'm everything. Saying? Yeah, you're everything. right. Seriously. Everything. 
and 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 then the Constitution confirms it by saying they only three they only three fifths anyway. They ain't worth nothing, you know. And so and then you see this over and over and over, and you see this kind of brotherhood of of police officers. And that's another thing to me about the police. Mm-hmm. They are again like they are gang. I'm telling. Tupac said that man. Listen, it's in Pac. He one million percent correct. Listen, yeah. they don't. They get on. They get mad of, of of regular citizens for not telling, right? Because they have the no snitch thing. Mm-hmm. But listen, the cops literally they do the same thing for their own. Right. They write false statements. They come right. up with all these false stories. They even lie for their partner, like right. they're a legal gang. They they know that their partner killed someone for no nothing that was justified. You can't justify why you killed this person. And the DA, they help them. Like right. it's like everyone helps them come up with this story, right? And it's presented in the court, and they walk like the, from their from their partners or their coworkers, and then you got the DA. Like everyone helps them concoct these stories. It's routine. This is routine things. This, they, they yeah. boom, 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 boom. Go to court. He's good. And they know they're gonna walk. Yeah, they you know do. So, so it's almost like, all right, cool. You, you all right? You killed this African American. Look, man. Look, it's gonna hit the news. We gotta do X, Y, Z. You know what I'm saying? But we're gonna give you fifty thousand dollars. Let you move to this place. They that got place, a budget you know for saying? this stuff. And it's like, <laughs> come on, man. They got a budget for it. A but, bailout budget. But 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 we we we're sitting up here, and and so we we cherry pick, and we pick the the situations that the news is showing us, right? So whatever situation the news shows us, we jump on that bandwagon and we say, oh, that's wrong. Oh, that's don't, wrong. I don't even know why people pay the news any attention. Man, because... because the Well, I get it. It's accessible and it's, you know, yeah. it don't take you... It doesn't require you to work and think. It's programming, man. Right, been, so, we've been, yeah. We've been programmed. We, we've been programmed. Our, our generation has been programmed since, you know, since we was little kids. Now, now... The interesting thing is the younger generation, they ain't programmed to the news. They, their news is Twitter. Yeah, and that's live. And so. YouTube. That's and, dope. You know what I'm saying? It's and, dope in that Facebook. aspect, though. Yeah, so they don't they don't have to rely on on 12 o'clock news, 6 o'clock news, yeah. whatever, whatever it is. They like. That generation that was, that six, like the generation before our, yeah. they were like really, oh, the, they man. dig news like heavy. Oh, man. They whatever loved they it. Said, it was. It was uh, the Bible and white Jesus on the cover. They and loved it. It was um, Tom Brokaw or something. Yeah, like, we're, like, we're, like, they loved it. It was like it, it was it's like, like no questioning either. No I mean, question. like that's what it was. No like, question. Whatever the the news anchor person, whatever said, they said, that's that is, that's what happened. That's no it. questioning. That's what happened. One hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, now you can't do that. Now you can't because of cell phones, you know. Yeah. Because you, I mean, you could you could lie all day, but then we could just pull out the, the and cell there phone you go. And it's like, nah, that ain't what happened. Exactly. Okay? He he his window was up. He was walking back to his truck that was that was broken down with his hands in the air, and you shot him for nothing. You ain't think he was doing nothing. You thought he was a big black dude, and you shot him. Yeah, I don't understand like how this continues to happen 
um, over and over again, and it's well. It continues to happen because because yeah, that's why I stopped myself <laughs> because I already know where you was going with it. Yeah, you was gonna take it back to the man. yeah, and I, I I totally I I really do agree with you on that because we're not viewed as humans. We're just not. Yeah, yeah. But I honestly feel like the Constitution we weren't even considered in that anyway. No, Those no, were, no. We were considered. You think? Yes, yes. We were considered. We were considered property. Well, we that's what I'm, I'm talking about. Like not as people. Okay, there you go. Yes, yeah. that's, I, that's yeah. my fault. I didn't word it right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so that's what I meant. We yeah. weren't considered. Let me re, you know reword. We weren't considered as people when that when they wrote that out. Right. Yeah. Okay. There we and, go. And 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 that's the document we stand on to this day. Yeah. You know, my my brother. You know, we we said there. We had we had a conversation about about the whole three fifth clause and and um you know he was he was. You know, trying to trying to give me you know the historical reason as to really? why it happened, and I get it. You know, I get I, I understand the, the slavery and the numbers, and and I get all of that. But what what he wasn't right with me on is I'm like, look, man, this is we're in the 2000s. I something has got to give. Because you're telling me to still obey a document that still calls me three fifths, and we ain't never dealt with that yet. We we have we haven't dealt with any, we haven't dealt with it. We haven't dealt with any past discrepancies so right. far as the way. Like I said on the the show, this is why we're talking about this again. Because see, and I guarantee you, when this show over, we go still yeah. have. <laughs> so yeah, you know, like I said on the uh, last show, right. It's it's therapy for PTSD. It's therapy for all you know, Jimmy and and all those people. But listen, we haven't even healed from our past. We right. weren't given. We never got therapy. Right. We never got the the things that we needed to heal. Right. From learning and learning what we endured. Like it's not a situation where you learn all this stuff and you know this existed and you say, okay, well, that was then. Get over it. Right. That's not how that works. Right. That's that's not that's so biased. How could you have that standard in this scenario? But another scenario when someone witnessed someone get killed or strung out on drugs, they need therapy. Right. I mean, hold right. everyone to the same standard. I mean, if if Caitlin needs therapy, Bruce needs therapy. Every we're everyone feels the same thing. I mean, I think. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, you can't discredit anything. You don't say, okay, it happened, but that was my great great grandfather and grandmother. Not me. Get over it. That's not cool. To to tell people, <laughs> yeah, and you know, and you know what's funny, um, science <laughs> has has shown that it, I know the, where you're the, going. The thing with PTSD, and and you know, I I brought up last time um, Dr. DeGruy, and she she talks about um, post traumatic slave. I know, um, I know, that's where you was going, and it's true, right? And it is, it is, and and the thing with um, so so everybody can understand it the the thing with post traumatic stress disorder right the PTSD everybody is very familiar with it now it's becoming a lot of people are are familiar with it and 
what scientists have shown is that when you have a traumatic experience and you are able to remember it or or remember parts of it or whatever, then you are able to basically relive that traumatic experience. Even though it could happen 5, 10, 20, 30 years ago, you are literally bringing yourself right back to feel the same. You could feel it physically. Like you it's feel literally it emotionally. happening. It is like it is happening now. Today. Yeah. Even though it happened 30 years ago. Exactly. And we get that with PTSD. Oh, you know, you were raped when you were eight and you're 38. And now. You know, we got to help you get over this. Okay, got that. And it's good that we got there because we need to get there to get here. What about the people who That's my point. have been hearing and seeing and recognizing that their great, 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 great grandparents and all of these horrible, the, horrible, horrible, they used to feed. And it's like <laughs> it's crazy. And and it's like I can remember that. And and I I remember it and I hear it and I feel it and and it's bringing everything right back. So it's like even if I didn't live it, it's like Don't I'm matter. living it again yeah. because all of the feelings and all of that stuff is coming back to me here right now. And then you get approached by a cop it's right. all that's that's the same thing right. it's all traumatic it's all so you know let's be mindful of everybody and so then you have the post traumatic slave syndrome on top of the post traumatic stri- stress of you know i just watch you shoot this dude in wendy's i don't know what you're going to do me? to me now these are actual and, thoughts though <laughs> exactly when i get pulled over in my mind yeah I'm like, man, I gotta, I gotta make it home. Like these, I'm dead yes. ass. Yeah, I'm dead serious, man. Like if I get pulled over when I leave here, I'm like, oh shit, I have to make it home. Right. Let me cooperate. Let me not be hostile. And, and you a grown man following grown. the rules, doing what you're supposed to do, and yet you still have this, this, this feeling, this feeling. You can't. Yeah. You don't know what you just. It's, it's a feeling that comes over you. And you be like, holy shit! You be like, yo, damn, right, <laughs> right. And 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 it, and ain't no coping skill. Ain't no because because you could try to breathe through it, and then that cop walks up to you and pulls a gun out on you and tell you to put your hand on the dashboard, and everything comes back. Yeah, you know every or, or he just looks at you a certain way. And everything comes back. And it's like, you know, we like it's real, man. We gotta understand, man. This is is real. It is real. It's a real thing. That's that's part of the mental health issue. And I'm glad that we are dealing with some mental health, but I don't think especially as the African American community um, I th- I think um, Dr. DeGruy's work is is going to be um, uh, it's going to help us. Maybe not now. You know, whenever good scholars do yeah, it great always, work, yeah, it, it 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 the the best scholars work 
outlasts them. So that's a fact. So I think I think you know, I, I mean she she is getting some credit now, but I think it's crazy because it my be, favorite, I mean I call her a scholar, Doctor Francis Quest Rosing. Yeah, oh, I love her. Yeah, yeah, she is yeah, amazing. <laughs> I love her, man. She's like one of my favorite people. Uh, yeah. To read and just I mean her lecture, she just was like I said, she was beyond her years, man. She was a real, real special person. And um, the great thing is, if you don't know about her or about the group, YouTube, <laughs> it's all there, man. YouTube, you go to YouTube. Reference uh, to you guys. Also check out Dr. Frank. Uh, she wrote a book called the um, I think it was the I- ISIS Papers. Mm. If I'm not mistaken, I have not read that, oh. but I've heard it, guys. Check it out, man. One of the dopest books I have ever read in my entire life. And I've read, I read, I'm not the most, I'm not saying I'm Poindexter or nothing like that, but mm-hmm. I read books. I read a lot of books. And um, that, that ISIS paper is a real dope one, man. Y'all need to check it out. Yeah, man. By Dr. Francis Cress Welsing. Check it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. For sure. So, so, look, we wrapping up here. Yeah, we, we we look. We could go on for a couple of days on, the, on this topic because we we're barely scratching the surface. But there's other stuff going on too, man. <laughs> yeah. So what I wanted to ask you, right? Because I know the 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 world is looking at this uh this NBA bubble, <laughs> this this MLB. It's all weird stuff, man. man. Like how it's. I I get I mean you gotta take those precautions. I don't know. So what man. what do you think what do you think football should do? I'm so I'm a Chief fan, so I kinda want us <laughs> to play <laughs> I kinda want us to play a little bit. Hey, 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 and for full disclosure, he's been a Chief fan. Right. He just become one. Yeah, I don't want nobody he saying I'm a bandwagon. But um no, nah, in all so seriousness we'll, we'll though, it's tough. Um it, it's from a safety standpoint, they probably should kind of fall back and um, wait a year. I don't know because, I mean, I guess there's revenue to be made so far as, like, I got streams and uh, sales and things like that, but I don't know. I guess if the players want to play, it looks like they're going to let them play. Me personally, I would play to the ear of caution. I would have those guys kind of, like, sit out a year and, but it's a business, right? So if you sit out a year, the contracts that you have are guaranteed. They, so you have to, you have to generate revenue to pay for those contracts. So well, some of the contracts, you know, the NFL got got. Sucky. Well, yeah, they 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 they're terrible. Um, but you know, I think I think people try to make the NFL players look bad, and they do it by pointing to. People like your boy, oh Patty, 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 who <laughs> who who making forty million dollars, and they don't look at that's one person on the team, man. Yeah, you I mean, realize that there are fifty some fifty six players, right? Yeah, not including the practice squad players, and them dudes is living check to check. <laughs> they ain't, they, I get that, but. They ain't living. They, they, you know, them the practice school, them practice squad dudes. They making like five thousand dollars a week for sixteen weeks, but and they ain't getting paid the rest of the year. Yeah, that's true. But everybody not bringing in the 
the revenue that Pat is, man, this dude, this dude bought us a Super Bowl. <laughs> we haven't had one in 50 years. And, the, you know, I mean, he's a talent, man. I mean, I get, I get it. I get, like, the guys that don't make the money, the the large lump sums and things like that. But I always, when it always, like, when it's those type of situations where it comes to, like, the superstars, guys like that, mm-hmm. I always take into consideration that, like, merchandise and, like, all the other streams of revenue they uh, bring with them. Yeah. Yeah. Like, but that's not everybody, though. That's my, and that's, I know. That, that's my point, right? If you look at, Patrick Mahomes, just on the offense, just on that field at the time, you got 11 players on the field, right? You could pay me 5000 a week. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be on the practice squad. Yeah, until the year comes up to where they say, we ain't paying you nothing because you ain't playing. So. Yeah. Yeah, well, until then, I'll be handing out Gatorade, clapping, and <laughs> <laughs> doing whatever you need me to do. Handing out towels, all that. Motivational speaker. I'll be, <laughs> I'll be all that on the sideline for five racks a week. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> I swear. But check this out, y'all. This was another enjoyable, spectacular show, man. We really appreciate y'all checking us out, man. We, we really do. Yes, sir. Yes, you sir. We appreciate y'all, and uh, we'll see y'all next week. Peace. Peace.